In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about dealing with temptation. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson on a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am great. I am wondering what happened to winter, but maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the few Floridians that are are wondering that. Maybe everybody's quite, you know, happy wearing shorts and short sleeve shirts all the time, but I kind of was enjoying the cold weather there we had for a couple weeks. Yeah. But other than that, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> Very good. Just so everybody understands, as of the moment that we're recording right now, the United States has been hit with a ton of tornadoes ripping all the way through the Midwest and South. I know I speak for Josh as well. Our prayers are with everybody who might be listening, who might have family that's affected or themselves might be affected. So you are definitely in our thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Today you started talking about temptation. As you said last week, uh, you're going to take a little bit different tact on this, and you did. It's it's interesting to me that, that so so often people are embarrassed by the temptations that they have. Why do you think that's true? I think a lot of that has to do with what's going on in the culture at the time. And, you know, we may not like to admit that, but I think that's very true. We've lived in a, a, I guess we could call it an angry culture for some time. And so if someone were to admit to someone else and and share that, you know, I'm I'm really struggling with my anger, we wouldn't necessarily think that that's taboo or anything or, or, or find them weird, or we may not be embarrassed to admit that because we can kind of see that all around us. I do think, and not that this is a good thing, I do think, though, as our as our culture has embraced more and more, you know, ungodly behavior and, and celebrated it and brought it into the open, uh, I do think that there will be some who are not as embarrassed about these temptations, yeah. um, you know, some of them. But, you know, ultimately... When we are embarrassed about these things, and where I was trying to go, you know, in the lesson today, is all these temptations are relational. We're going to come back to you know that and later in our discussion, I think. Mm-hmm. But the the root of these temptations has to do with our relationship with God, yeah, and what we're thinking of Him and the amount of trust we're putting in Him. And so, if there's if there's an embarrassing part to that. Is that I have to admit that I've I've fallen short of that again. I understand that you know not everyone was able to listen to the the lesson yet this morning, but we started in Genesis chapter three, and we talked about really there's several aspects of of sin and temptation. Uh, first, there's the external thing that tempts us, yeah. Uh, and so in Genesis three, that is Satan, and we could say really that that's the source of everything that tempts us too. It's something yeah. external to us, but that appeals to something within us. Yeah. The reason why uh, I'm tempted by that is because it appeals to some desire or lust that I have. So if if someone cuts me off in traffic, there's the external source. Yeah. You know, someone has done something, but that is feeding into a problem that I have within, and that's a lack of patience and a lack of of care for for other people in the moment that I'm behind the wheel in my car. Yeah. But ultimately, there's a choice. And the, the problem isn't necessarily that I'm tempted. The problem is that I'm constantly making the right cho- the wrong choice when I when I'm facing these temptations. Yeah. You came across the solution, and the solution is, of course, to trust God more. 
isn't it hard to trust God more when we're embarrassed to be around him because we have to admit yet again, we've done something wrong. Is that, isn't that a difficult thing for us to do, Josh? Well, it is, but again, in the context of, of what Satan is, is tempting Jesus with in, in Luke chapter 4, right. in the text that we were looking at this morning, and Jesus, you know, using all of his answers from Deuteronomy to to kind of point how Israel failed in all these things, and yet Jesus is going to succeed where Israel failed. Right. The temptation itself is to not trust God. Right. So of course, then the solution is to trust God, and so in the in the temptations of, of Jesus, it's if God's your father. Why are you suffering? Why don't you just make these stones become bread? Mm-hmm. And in Israel's part, that was well. If if they're God's special people, why are they out in the wilderness being hungry? You know, why not complain about that? You deserve something better. Yeah. And what Israel was was failing to do was to recognize that God had been leading them. God had been leading them faithfully. God had been providing for them whenever they had need. They didn't have to complain if they had just been quiet and waited then there would have been food provided, there would have been water provided. But more importantly, God was directing them to himself by his word. Mm -hmm. And they were missing out on that. Israel in the wilderness should have been learning to trust God. Well, Jesus, who is the Son of God, is out in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, and he's just growing in his trust in God. Satan is trying to tempt him, don't trust God, have something better, have it now, the solution is to trust God because that's the exact opposite of what the temptation is. And I think we find that temptation in so many of the things in our lives. If it's a immoral activity that's tempting me, it could be sexual activity, it could be you know something involving alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be, the temptation is, here is something that, that's going to give you satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Right. But God is saying, I'm what's going to give you satisfaction. I'm the real source of pleasure. Follow me, and you're going to have satisfaction and joy like you've never had before. Right. So the question is, in that temptation, do I trust God or not? And if I trust God, then I'll say no to the temptation, and I'll say yes to, I'm going to follow you, God, because I believe what you have is better. Part of temptation is its ability to make us a bunch of promises. By the way, some of which they can deliver on, but most of the promises— really don't end up being a good deal. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, consumerism today, which I, I thought was a really smart way to take this. What's the difference between what we really want and what we really need? And why is this a spiritual problem? Yeah. Uh, I'll go back once again and, and start this um, answer with what we talked about in the sermon. And uh, Kenny, I don't know. What What do you think? Did, did Satan have the the right to promise Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, or is that just another lie? Because, again, he is the father of lies. Right. But I, I do see, I think he has some truth in that statement. I think he could have given Jesus a kingdom in that moment. I don't know. What's your take on oh, that? I think in Ephesians, it's pretty pretty obvious to me that he is the the, the prince of the, the of the air. I mean, that I think that's the reference that's being made there. Mm-hmm. I, think, mm-hmm. I think Satan does have sway over the world. Uh, but mm-hmm. that said, that does not mean that he is the creator of the world, nor is he the salvation of the world. I, I, I right. think you're exactly right. And I think you, what, what you're saying there is, does he have the power to deliver on these really weak promises that he's giving Jesus? And I think he does. Yeah. Should you trust him to do that? No, I don't think you should trust him to do that. But I think he does have that power. 
Okay. So if Satan's telling the truth there in, <laughs> in whatever, you know, form we want to say is the truth. Right. He can make Jesus ruler of the world in that moment, if, if Jesus will only bow down and worship him. Yeah. But what does Jesus actually get? Yes, it, it, it sounds great, you know, from one standpoint, from a human standpoint anyway. You, you are in control of the world. Yeah. Kenny, I don't know how many, you know, if you've ever thought about this, you know, but I've, I've had these discussions with people. There's no way I ever want to be president. <laughs> because while yes, it, it may it may appeal to that that aspect of us that it'd be great to be empowered, it'd be great to be in charge. Yeah, yeah. I would understand. you want to Would you want to be in charge of the unruly people that hate you all the time for everything <laughs> you say and everything you do? I, I wouldn't want that. That that's that's just way too frustrating to me. Satan's offering Jesus a kingdom, but it's not a kingdom of redeemed people. It's not a kingdom of reformed people. Right. It's not a kingdom of people at peace and in harmony. This is a kingdom filled with problems. Yeah. So it looks, it may look great on the outside to us. Yeah. You know, you could, you could go ahead and rule over everything. You don't have to die on the cross. Just, you know, give your allegiance to Satan. Okay. What, how does that translate to us? Satan's offering is easy, simple things all the time. Mm-hmm. But like you and I both know, if if I buy a TV today, not that that's sinful in any, you know necessarily in any shape, form, or fashion, right? But I'm going to be looking for a new TV within four to five years because the standard has changed, the quality's gotten better. I'm now dissatisfied with <laughs> what was a great TV five years ago, but right. I'm going to want a new one. We get into that mode. And we find we're we're seeking to find satisfaction and meaning in things that are bright and shiny but don't last. And we're exchanging that for when God says, I have something for you, in the words of, of Peter in in First Peter chapter one, when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Yeah, Consumerism is a problem, and it's a spiritual problem, because we become consumed with things that are the exact opposite of what God is saying, I have for you. I have for you imperishable, undefiled, things that are not going to pass away, and we're just worried about the next newest TV that we can get. Yeah, and you said this before, there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting stuff. We're, we're coming into... Quite possibly, <laughs> the most consumerist holiday that we have in our calendar, and and we have had children politicking for stuff for a few months now. I, I understand that it's not what they need. It's hard for us to draw the line between what we really, really want and what we actually need. While we're here on Earth, it's easy to think we don't need God. But after a while, you figure out that really all you do need is God. Because we need him, we should learn how to want him as well. When we want God, it, we start wanting the thing we need. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, and what we find in our culture, again, is that the needs are never met. Right. We'll bring the kids into this, Kenny. Uh, your kids <laughs> like play Roblox? Yes, my daughter does. Okay. My youngest son loves to play Roblox as well. Uh-huh. We got in our car a week ago to go to a, a party 
when we got in the car, you know, he's already, he's had his Christmas list. That's, that's been established a long time, but he, you know, kind of wants to add to it. Yeah. Like, oh, could I, could I also get a $25 Roblox gift card? Okay. Well, we're like, well, Christmas is going to be taken care of, buddy. So let's just not worry about that. Well, we go to this party and there's, there's some competitions and some things. My son comes away with a $50 gift card. Oh, wow. And guess what he uses that for, Kenny? <laughs> Not one, not one, but two $25 Roblox gift cards. Now, those, I don't know what that means in the Roblox monetary universe. I know that's a lot of of Roblox, whatever, again, whatever that is. Those Roblox were spent pretty quickly. And so now guess what has come back up again as a possible, if you need to get me something else for Christmas, we need yet (laughs) another $25 Roblox gift card. Well, Kenny... When we find satisfaction in God, we don't need anything else. Yeah. When you when you when you get that which is undefiled and imperishable and does not fade away, there's nothing else that's needed. And so if we can get ourselves to wanting that and desiring that, yeah. We're good. Yeah. I don't want to be controversial, but I, I think there are a lot of us who, who see this easily in our children, but we look at these silly debates that we have everywhere else. The debates themselves, I, I don't know if they have answers. And on top of that, even if you did have the answers, it wouldn't give you satisfaction. It's not what you need. We will find ways to divide one another in, in some really quite ridiculous ways. It sounds very Pollyanna-ish, but the solution is if we would just all unite around God, we would find a lot of solutions to a lot of problems that, that we just end up manufacturing for ourselves. Yeah. It seems like with each temptation, we're trying to prove something to someone. You've talked about all of them being a choice, and I completely agree with that. Jesus, of course, consistently always made the right choice. Josh, I'm not that good. What do we do when we mess things up? I'm going to take this from a very macro level because... You know, the, the, the sources of temptation that, that Satan has at his disposal are so varied. And, you know, there are there are pitfalls in, in all of them. But in, in looking at the, the temptation of Jesus that we did today, again, all these temptations come back to a relational issue. Mm-hmm. Do you trust God? Do you believe that what God has in store for you is worth the sacrifice? And, and are you willing to not put God to the test? Are you willing to be satisfied and to be grateful for, for what gives you? Yeah. Um, so when I find myself and like you, Kenny, you're right. We, we, we find ourselves giving into temptation. We find ourselves falling again. And we, we, you know, we want to examine that, you know, say, why, why did I do that this time? You know, how do I, how do yeah. I prevent doing that again? And there certainly are, you know, steps that can be taken. And, you know, th- this is very serious matter, particularly with, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, not only tempt us, but ensnare us, you know, alcoholism, yeah. Yeah. you know, pornography addictions and these kinds of things. They're not, they, they, they morph into something more than a simple, okay, I'm tempted by something. I can choose to not do that. You know, things get chemically out of whack in our brains and That's there's right. a lot of things that have to be done there. But even in those things, in our, in our lucid moments, if we'll come back and understand that ultimately what I'm doing is I'm choosing between a relationship with God or not having a relationship with God. Yeah. Not And again, not to say that you give into temptation one time, your relationship with God is severed or anything like that. Right. 
But when I give in to temptation, what I am doing is I'm saying, in this moment, I wasn't thinking about the relationship that I want to have with God and that God wants to have with me. Right. I didn't put the trust in him that I needed to. I didn't set my mind on things above and the reward and, and the blessings that he <clears throat> is giving to me and will give to me if I follow him. So ultimately, when we come back to kind of going over where we fell and how we can do better, I think the thing we've got to do better at is valuing that relationship with God and, and putting more of our focus into him and our, our time and efforts into into thinking of him and what he has provided and why we trust him and loving him and praising him. Yeah. And that's why worship and all these other things are so essential. It's not just that God commanded us to come together on the first day of the week and to praise him. No, I need to praise him because if I praise him and think about who he is and what he's providing for me, I can go in this week and maybe not fall, not choose poorly, and, and I'll choose God instead. We've said this before, but God does not need our worship. We need to worship God. It puts things in the right hierarchy. God is inherently much better than we are. He asks us to rise up to his level, but in the process, he has reached down to ours. So he has basically done everything he can to bring us up to where he is, including giving the perfect sacrifice. How does understanding temptation help us in God's upward calling? I'll go back to the beginning again. Man and woman are created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. They're with God. Things are perfect. But there came a time of choice. And humanity has suffered the consequences of that choice ever since it was made. But now God, through Christ is giving us the opportunity to choose again. We get to be like him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doomed to make bad choices. I'm not, I'm not doomed by the sin of Adam and Eve. Christ came and he made the right choices, and he has provided a way that you and I can be redeemed through his blood, and we can do like our master and make the right choices. Right. We can choose to put our faith and trust in God. We can choose to think of, of the eternal rewards and value those as opposed to the things of this life. Because all those things are now a possibility to us. Yeah, that's exactly right. We have brought it up basically every week. It's just like my kids. There's not anything that, that they can do that, that will keep me from bringing them back into my home. If they'll just come. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So what are you going to be talking about next time? All right. So I think you and I, Kenny, are, are both similar. We're, we're both going to be in town next weekend, but mm -hmm. I think both of us are going to be out of town the following weekend. I think that's right. So, you know, Kenny, we have a uh, an interesting relationship with Christmas. I, I think you and I probably both <laughs> uh, enjoy aspects of the holiday. But we also find ourselves, when it comes to religious discussions about Christmas, we, we find ourselves doing some explaining. You yeah. know, if someone comes and worships with us, um, they, they may ask, well, are you guys not doing a, a Christmas pageant or a special Christmas worship? And, and, you know, we'll give into some explanation about why we're not doing that, and that's not commanded, and we don't know when Jesus is born according to the Scriptures and all those things. Right. 
But for my part, when we get to this time of year, I do find myself wanting to at least address something that's related to the Christmas story, or the birth of Jesus, shall we say, not the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus in Scripture. And since we've been talking about discipleship, I want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a disciple. And I think that's really interesting, particularly when you begin to to separate the fact of who Mary is from the fiction. And and again, in our circles, Kenny, uh, I think Mary is a, a figure that we often avoid because yeah. of, of all the fiction that arose around her. And there's a lot of baggage that comes with Mary. Sure. But if you just look at Mary from the scriptures, she's an astounding woman. She's an astounding disciple. And so we're going to look at her as an example. I love that idea. I think Mary has been given basically a bum rap by a lot of us. And I'm glad that you're going to talk about why Mary was really amazing. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah. Are are you leading singing? You know, Mary, did you know, you know, imitation song? No, I will not be leading that. I don't think I'm leading singing. So I tell you what, man, why don't we talk about that next week? Sounds good, Kenny. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right, brother. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org, including the sermon that we discuss in this episode. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.